A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hello there, my very good friends. On today's wrestling news, we're going to cover a report stating that AEW backstage is more divisive than ever. We've got why Jeff Hardy is about to disappear from AEW screens. A forbidden door match is off and we're going to talk about it. And a former WWE champion is frustrated with their stop-start push. Mm, I'm Andy from What Culture. I'm Michael from What Culture. And this is the flipping news from What Culture. Let's kick things off by talking about, uh, honest to goodness... Mm. I think Dave Meltzer's getting played like a fiddle here, but we'll we'll cover this report. Um, He was uh, speaking of post-wrestling just yesterday. Um, Worlds Collide, uh, two of the premier outlets coming together, doing the content, doing the stuff. Mm -hmm. Shoutouts to all involved. Um, And he's kind of commented that AEW's backstage divisiveness is actually a bit worse than ever at the moment, following CM Punk's comeback. The ESPN interview, which I think was a lot less incendiary than we were led to believe in yep. the build-up. In fact, I think that was a good example of the media maybe getting played a little bit. Look, it happens. It's just part of the job. Sometimes you sources do stuff. Um, and then the promo as well, of course. So, Dave was speaking about this. Um, he noted that all of these things led to a lot of issues uh, and the interview in particular was the talk of the locker room. He continued, noting that some people had anticipated the ASPN interview being a bit worse. He did talk about Hangman Page in that interview, like, I didn't feel safe wrestling him and trying to protect himself. Those were Punk's claims in those interviews. Nonetheless, people close to Page were not pleased coming out of that, understandably, perhaps. Uh, Now, a bunch of divisiveness, a lot of divisiveness actually is the exact phrase that Dave used. Uh, in the locker room, stating explicitly that it that it's worse than it's ever been, um, and that it hasn't really improved. It's hit a bad point once again. CM Punk was on Dynamite last night. Uh, one of AEW's top stars actually commented to Meltzer, uh, "We were told that we would not have to deal with Punk except for on pay-per-views, but here he is, week one." Uh, Page, the Young Bucks and Omega, they were not there on the show. They were there in a pre-tape. This was reported prior to the event, so it's no great surprise. <laughs> um, they had the pre-tape with Eddie Kingston backstage. Um, but th- this all came out several days ago, so it's not like, oh my god, uh, we went through that phase uh, already. But yeah, Punk's back. Um, so throughout this, I think there's there's a, a bunch of, in my opinion, yeah. right, and I'm not criticising the great work that, that you know, the forefront 
wrestling journalists do and have done covering this story. Your Dave Meltzer's, your Mike Johnson's, your Sean Ross Sapp, ad names, whatever, whatever. These are like professionals with track records yeah. and uh, I respect them immensely. Uh, we obviously aggregate them every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, there have been some instances, in my opinion, of a bit of media manipulation, yeah. perhaps, uh, from one side. And without diving into it too much, I don't think it's the side that a lot of people think it is either. I, I, there will be a reason why, because it's Dave Meltzer, people will jump to a conclusion about a side. Yeah. When in reality, it might be the other. Again, like this yeah, all... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Damien Priest. It's, it's, it's Dominic Mysterio. Damien Priest is behind all of this. Dominic Mysterio is him. feeding the sheets. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's... Um, I listened to this full Dave Meltzer interview last night, and there was a couple of other... Um, points like the, the the worst than ever thing jumped yeah. out, but he also you know Dave Meltzer doesn't have to go to bat for anybody in particular, but he was making points about how um, Hangman Page has never said anything, and at this point that's starting to position him as the loser of this culture war. If there are such things as winners and losers, he was mentioning We're all again, losers in culture war. It's so weird because he was mentioning it's a great interview. Like Pollock and Thurston do push him on a couple of things he said to try and get a bit more information, but typical of Dave, he's trying to both protect his source and protect his information, I guess, yeah. and his integrity. But he talks about how the locker room is persistently told not to let stuff out, and then stuff gets out, and then he even kind of like, there's almost like a pregnant pause where he thinks, hang on, the very fact I'm telling you that the locker room have been told that stuff shouldn't get out means that it's got out, and it's got yeah. out to me. So it's just that constant thing where like, obviously journalists have different sources, and you have to pick and choose, I guess, like mm-hmm. what who you believe to be credible at any individual times, and people attach their own emotions to the stories. I'm yeah. the same as you, but like, we hear sort of, I think, I mean, our favorite what culture really, like, are grateful for Dave Meltzer's work, and I think sometimes Meltzer is a misunderstood figure amongst some of the younger members of our definitely, community that definitely. don't understand that the kind of all of this... I'm a Dave guy, man. Like, lot, all of this partially yeah. exists because of Dave Meltzer and Dave Meltzer alone. Like, if you're a Sean Ross Sapp guy, I'm a John Pollock guy, no matter who you are, it kind of starts and ends with Dave. Mm-hmm. And, like, if you've been around this sort of long enough, you've got loyalty to him. But this one, in contrast to just about everything we'd heard, the Young Bucks doing the little nudge and wink in the bio, the backstage happiness with the collision promo, the pre-approved lines of CM Punk, it did kind of fly in the face that bit, didn't it? Yeah, I feel like... Uh... Yeah, I mean, I don't want to dive into too much stuff with 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 all of this, but like, how, what, when do we get to work stage with some of the drama and all of this? And that's the think? thing. I, I think it's happening soon. Yeah, I believe there's enough conversations that have taken place, and it might not be a tomorrow thing, but it's definitely a, maybe it's already happened. Well, maybe. I, like, I genuinely believe these parties are closer than they maybe want us to know. And there's nothing yeah. wrong in it. You said this the other day. There's nothing wrong in us not knowing. Mm-hmm. But it's I think, good to not know. Yeah, yeah. I would rather just think of a roster that can potentially work together again than ones that can be nowhere near each other. And we're getting that forbidden door. They're all going to be in the same building yeah. on the same night. That's Literally like one weekend. Eight yeah. days after Punk comes yeah. back. Eight days. Eight and, days. And they're all in the same building. You know, yeah. like that's got to be a sign of something, hasn't it? Well, why don't you pose that question <laughs> to the know. comment section down below. Yeah, what do you think's going on here? Do you think it's really all-time low? Do you think everyone's rainbows and butterflies and mm-hmm. skipping through the fields. Uh, I think the truth is probably somewhere in the middle, personally. Somebody who won't be in the building for Ooh. Forbidden Door after last night's Dynamite is Jeff Hardy. <laughs> uh, because, um, of course... Uh, Jeff Jones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, he'll be in there, he'll be tweeting. But, um, no, uh, Jeff Hardy will not be um, on AW screens anytime soon as the company prepare to have a fairly lengthy stay in Canada. Um, Fightful Select came through with this, of course, that Hardy is unable to enter the country uh, as a result of his arrest history. Um, that might be part of the reason why the Hardys were beaten by the Gun Club last night and then beaten down by Bullet Club Gold and kind of just rolled off to the side as FTR, Ricky Starks.
Sparks and CM Punk kind of mixed in with Bullet Club Gold instead. Um, you've got Collision in Toronto on Saturday. They remain in Toronto for Forbidden Door on Sunday. And then the next eight AEW shows, um, televised, taped and the like, are all to take place on the on the east side of the border. So, uh, so Jeff Hardy is not able to do it. Um, a couple of like extra details, obviously. So he's only worked five matches since his return uh, this year, uh, having been back in trouble with the law in 2022. And yeah. obviously there's a number of you know historic DUIs and the like that we don't need to go into detail on now. But that's it, basically. It's not the first time a wrestler's had this issue with the Canadian border specifically. But uh, Jeff, and we would maybe guess off the back of Dynamite, Matt as well, just yeah. won't mix in while they're in Canada. Yeah, it felt like a bit of a write-off, didn't it? Mm. Uh, as covered in the report there. Um, losing to the guns. You'd imagine they'll come back for revenge and all of this and the feud will continue and all this stuff. Did you see the signs that the guns handed out? Uh, uh, this was on Reddit. The, the guns left notes on people's chairs. Mm. And it's like, it must be like 500 words. It's quite a long note. And it's like a really sincere letter going, hey, we work so hard, blah, blah, blah. You respect us. Don't call us ass boys, please. Like, that's really, oh, that's good. That's really that's, funny. Yeah, like that's it. a really fun component of all this. But yeah, real life situations mm-hmm. uh, necessitating a creative rewrite. What else can you do? I uh, hope Jeff is uh, in a good place. Thinking about it, if Jeff obviously can't travel, Matt could bring in Ethan Page as his Canadian sidekick and have him dress up fully like Jeff Hardy. Because you know when they asked him to extend him and then the arm things came down, just full Jeff, rainbow hair, baggy trousers, the lot, Ethan Page, as Jeff giving it all that. Ethan Page would do a really good job. (laughs) Be absolutely sensational. Uh, Getting a subscription to Hardy monthly, (laughs) just like you're getting your subscription to the channel. Thank you so much. Page Ox Y Gen. Yeah, oh, best band ever. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) What's the best wrestling band? Is it Perox Y Gen? It might be. It might be. I mean, it's obviously God's hater, like... Yeah. It's better than Fozzie. Yeah. Like, um, well, yeah. It's not Perox Wygen. It's, it's not Perox Wygen. <laughs> Let us know what you think the best wrestling band is in the comments. And if you love Perox Wygen, for God's sake, tell us why. Yeah, what's going on there? <laughs> <laughs> Can we examine you? Uh, right. Um, CM Punk again. Kenta match. It's not happening. No. Boy, was Twitter all over the place Oof. with this last night mm-hmm. so it, it kind of came out Fightful published a report uh, noting that they'd learned as of like prior to last weekend that the match the long rumoured match between CM Punk and Kenta because Kenta just tweets about him all the bloody yeah. time uh, they'd learned prior to the weekend that it was off and if you're looking forward to it you're kind of in for a bit of disappointment um, obviously it was announced last night that Punk is wrestling Satoshi Kojima mm-hmm. at Forbidden Door instead Fightful noted that uh, Kojima was this is prior to the match being announced Kojima was being discussed El Fantasmo was being discussed as a potential opponent I don't remember the last name but there was freedom forgive me forgive me um and this sparked a bunch of stuff, a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, an account who, like, I'm not going to send rubbish their way, so I'm not going to mention the app, but had tweeted uh, that, that CM Punk had turned the match down. Mm-hmm. And this sparked a lot of really nasty stuff that got sent that person's way. Uh, they were somebody who they trust had said to them that the Punk had declined it and, okay. and didn't want to wrestle Kenta. Uh, and I believe that person. Uh, I believe that they were told that by someone they trust. Yeah. This has since been kind of countered. Uh, so perhaps that person was just told someone that isn't correct, which happens. Uh, and they weren't reporting it formally. They just tweeted. Yeah. Everyone was like, ah! <laughs> but obviously people like Fightful have, have 
like a journalistic responsibility to come out and try and correct these things if they think they're wrong. And they have, uh, noting uh, that, that Kenta maybe wasn't mm -hmm. wasn't fond of this match. A reason specific reason wasn't stated at the time. However, Fightful did note uh, Ibu of WrestlePurist, friend of the channel. Uh, he had some tweets yesterday talking about the situation, uh, talking about how Collision had to be rewritten because that's why the main event went so damn long. Yeah. It's because there was going to be an angle featuring Kenta decking Punk presumably afterwards. Fightful noted that there were rewrites to the show and stuff. So this is a whole web of things. Mm -hmm. uh, the match has been cancelled. It's not happening. Uh, Kojima's in instead. That's an Owen Hart tournament match. Yeah. Um, I personally, as the person who was probably looking forward to this match more than anyone, I'm a bit disappointed. I wanted my two grumpy lads, <laughs> two salty, petty men, yeah. spitting at each other. Athleticism, don't care. Just be grumpy. Uh, that's what I like. Uh, disappointed, me personally. But also, I really like Kojima. And from an in-ring standpoint, this is probably a better match. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think... Um... Kojima and Punk will have a slightly more fiery affair and Punk's only just come back and the last thing you want. Like, Punk's going to be incredible at like slowing a lot of these matches down and finding his pace and yeah. directing your attention to care about the details that you enjoy in a CM Punk match. Uh, but I just think there's more to be found in the Kojima yeah. pair and possibly than Kenta at this point. Not to denigrate Kenta. I will say this. Uh, Kenta steals a guy's finisher then nope's having a match with him all these years later. Tell me when I'm telling lies. Uh, <laughs> all right, but, Phil. Um, <laughs> Phil Hamlet. Tell me in the comments Michael when I'm telling lies. Um, but no, obviously, yeah, the, uh, the debate was certain to rage because there was already people, um, interestingly, putting one and one together and making 86 based on the punk page stuff from last week about him getting hit hard in the double or nothing match and not liking it. People were immediately jumping to that conclusion off the back of nothing. So yeah. that's maybe a tell of how people are going to react when a punk story comes up. There's going to be all this sort of fiery conversation and that and as Twitter it's, really sucks. It just <laughs> feels like there was a decision made. It appears by Kenta, but you know, conflicting sources that they decided not to go ahead with the match yeah. and on we moved. Yeah, I think it's a shame, but yeah. hey, sometimes these things happen. It still might come back around as well. Yeah. Wrestling, isn't it? You never Gr say. Grumpy men being grumpy at each other, it's great. Before we go any further though, this podcast is brought to you by Rocket Money. Do you ever feel like money is just flying out of your account and you've got no idea where it's going? Well, it's all those subscriptions. I mean, think about it, between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it is endless. I'm guilty of this, so I used Rocket Money to help me find out what subscriptions I'm actually spending money on, and it was more shocking than a wrestling betrayal. You see, Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in cancelled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. That's rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Speaking of grumpy men Mate. being grumpy, not at each other, but their bosses, um, Seamus has uh, expressed a bit of frustration. Frustration? Frustration. I love it. With the, uh, yeah, with the brawling brute's current position on SmackDown. Um, he was speaking candidly to Metro. Um, it was Alistair McGeorge that had the story from Metro. Um, and there's a bit of a, a long quote from Seamus here where he's been very upfront about uh, where he believes WWE's let the group down. He said, quote, 
I don't. I just don't think they've really capitalised on the group. I don't think they've really let us show what we can do. This stop-start stuff is really hard when you're trying to highlight young talent. It's frustrating, you know? So I don't know. Maybe we'll get an opportunity to show what we can really do as a group because a lot of those other groups are out there now have definitely got an opportunity that we haven't had to do some storyline stuff, some character stuff. That's kind of in a shame, mate, to be honest, considering the talent that's in there. He's obviously looking at, like, what Hit Row are getting and he's thinking, I want some of that pie. <laughs> uh, and he, but in all seriousness, obviously, as a tag team, yeah. um, Seamus and Ridge Holland were defeated as part of the Gauntlet on SmackDown last week. Pete Dunne has qualified for Money in the Bank. Seamus, of course, has had this fantastic run against Gunther last year and there's been talks about them getting what? back to the intercontinental title picture for him but as a trio as a group whilst the likes of the bloodline uh the flipping judgment day and others mm-hmm. uh there has been more stable centric storytelling in WWE since Triple H took over yeah. and the brutes as a group haven't really figured into that yeah I get where he's coming from mm. if he's trying to elevate uh Ridge and and Pete as younger wrestlers I can understand fully why he would be a bit frustrated they got war sure. games with Drew and Kevin Owens and that yes, was it kind of yeah. peaked peak there for them yeah and everything since then it's been about like Sheamus in a solo thing yeah like, I mean tag jobbers or whatever like that's yeah. the thing with it isn't it like the Sheamus solo stuff has been phenomenal mm. like it's peaked incredibly high some of the best stuff WWE's done in years the Gunther yeah. match the triple threat this year as well mm-hmm. um but yeah like as a stable it's not quite been there. So I get it. I totally understand his frustrations. Uh, I think it's really refreshing to hear a WWE veteran speaking so like candidly about this and openly. Uh, it's really cool. Especially enough to throw the ladder down to his young mates and yeah, try and pull him exactly. off the He can use his power and pull to just be honest. He's a good point. guy yeah, by all good accounts. And uh, I would have liked a more prolonged thing with the bloodline while the bloodline were still not trying to murder each other. Yeah. Uh, we didn't get it. We move on. Maybe they'll get something more substantial in the mm-hmm. future. Yeah. Um, let's move on to today's questions. They are from the YouTube community. We'll get tomorrow's ones from Twitter. We like to mix it up. Not all of you like Twitter. I don't like Twitter, but I'm, a, <laughs> I'm addicted to it. So what can I do? Uh, Jacob Mezzanetti's been on. Frequent contributor, friend of the show. Uh, good morning, you good people. Uh, he's a good person. I'm yeah, I was going to say he means Wilborn. He's not back till tomorrow. Yeah. That's uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tomorrow could be next week. I've not seen that guy in a month. Bring him I home. He's all right. Yeah, I miss him. I miss him because like he's got he's he's about to have a kid. I know That's he's about lot. to be a parent, but I sort of get the most parental when like I go a few days without Wilborn contact. Yeah. Like, Richard, let us know you're okay. Where's my boy? It's a scary world out there. <laughs> hey, he's got to navigate a flight today, presumably. Anna Louise will look after him. Yeah, she's got it. She's got she's it. Got it. She's got it. Right. Yeah. Uh, Jacob wants to know uh, Do you think Forbidden Door could lead to any stardom or Tokyo Joshi Pro uh, matches being incorporated in years to come, or is the Joshi scene too competitive in that sense? I think it really has to. I think a great failing of these shows so far has been the inability to come up with crossover matches featuring uh, Joshi partner promotions. Understand the difficulties. Understand last year, Stardom had a show the day after or whatever. Understand this year, Stardom Mm -hmm. has a show on the day. And Tokyo Joshi Pro also has a show on the day. So I get it. However, it would be nice to see these things sorted in advance because the women's division feels underserved. It's... Willow versus Tony is going to kick ass. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Athena versus Billy Starks is like really quite inspired booking, mm-hmm. like considering their contrasting characters. That being said, it's a crossover pay per view. Uh, let's get more crossover stars. Yeah. The uh, I can't like speak with any sort of knowledge like you do about Stardom or Tokyo Joshi Pro, but you were telling me about these shows clashing two years on the spin. It's like you know Forbidden Door's coming. Yeah. Plan in advance and lift like those names months, out. And... Three months in advance. Can yeah. you go, hey, uh, hello Tokyo Joshi Pro, uh, what is Mizuki doing in three months? Can we book her? 
Three months, absolutely. You can work around one day and a weekend in June. Yes. See you later, Tony. Yeah. There you go. Simple. Yeah. I'm sure there's... That's poli- next year's conversation. Yeah. I'm sure there's political machinations... No, no, it goes exactly yeah. like that. That was a script. <laughs> Consider that a report. That's next year's... Forbidden World nothing. exclusive. There you go, you can have that. Uh, I'm sure there's complicated things that we aren't privy to, but I, I want to watch Julia wrestle Jamie Hayter. Yeah. Please do that. Please do that. Uh, Michael Everett's been on uh, saying, Morning Legends, again. Plural. What's Where? going on? He's, talk, uh, he's talking, talking about the yeah. eel. Uh, <laughs> is it possible for WWE to? This is this is one for you. Okay. Appeals directly to your taste. Is it possible for WWE to salvage Bray Wyatt? <laughs> or is it just too far gone? The Extreme Rules pop shows he can still draw, but I'm not convinced WWE can get him right. I think Michael's actually onto something here, mm-hmm. right? That the, the buzz, the pop at Extreme Rules was thunderous. The ensuing weeks felt really big. Funny. And then it felt like the opposite of big. Yeah. And now he's off TV. And yeah, I know the illness, all of this, but yeah. can they can they fix the flipping fiend? Uh, they can't fix the fiend. No. Uncle Howie's dead. Um, Uncle Howie's going to fight Dan Howie. Killed by Dan Howie's an RIP. That's toothless. Um, <laughs> Bray Wyatt is, it's it's never over. I don't mean Bray Wyatt's never over. That's true too. It's never over with Bray Wyatt. Um, it was, it's, it's been over. He's this creative guy that really works for a lot of people. And there's like loads of evidence. Doesn't, uh, we've gone over this a million times. It doesn't really matter at this point your subjective takes on Bray Wyatt or your tastes towards him because when he arrives on the scene, there is an audience that just wants yeah. to devour everything he does. That was one of the reasons why The White Rabbit was successful. Yeah. It inspires like a section of the fan base to go wild, to buy in emotionally and financially. Um, Pitch Black was a good payday for everybody, mm-hmm. Mountain Dew included. Send them all our way if you want to. That's a beg, I don't even care. Um, <laughs> but... As as uh, the channel manager, please don't waste your money. <laughs> yeah, he's right. But, uh, <laughs> but I will say that um, Bray himself might actually be the one getting most frustrated with this now. Yeah. Like, it, it's always discussed about, like, when can just WWE get Bray Wyatt right? What if the two sides can never come together and it's constantly going to be this back and forth and stop and start that kills everyone's enthusiasm for it? Like, you probably wonder if Triple H is as down on Bray Wyatt as Bray Wyatt himself at this yeah. point. So maybe it's, maybe it's just not meant to be. Maybe it's not meant to be. And when he's around, he, he's like, merch-wise, he's a Fiendio-friendly unit shifter. Like, he, yeah. he makes money. Uh, I was hoping for a pop for the Nirvana thing there. But oh, sorry. They've got more riffs than the Beatles, by the way. <laughs> um, I was also, just thinking about if... Uh, I was trying to, like, work out who could be in a trios uh, division team with Husky Harris. I was just trying to, like, work out who could, like... Because you could do Husky, you could do Bull. Nails. And Nails. There you go. <laughs> Nails is back. Husky, so. Bull, Dallas, and Nails against the House of Black. <laughs> yes? Yes? <laughs> no. Tokyo, Paris, London, Ellen. Uh, <laughs> literally one person watching that will get pop. Will, will pop. You popped and you don't even know what I'm talking about. I know. Uh, like, I was to... thinking about, like, all three of them. Like, sort of walking down a catwalk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Ellen. <laughs> Shouts to Boffy Bass. Anyway, I have uh, no idea what we're talking about. The Mahoney Daddy has been on, uh, saying, Good day, gentlemen. Putting WWE preference aside, if the hardcore fans had their way and we get LA Knight winning the briefcase, which champion should he cash in on and beat? And how do you see a championship going, reign going for him with the fans? I'm of the opinion that LA Knight is so undeniably hot right now that they absolutely have to capitalize on this right now and they have to do something huge with this man immediately. Uh, what would you do? What would I do? Pass, I'm what, sorry. what would I do would be exactly the same. What WWE do will pick Logan Paul and he'll just appear on like I don't know podcasts with it, or he'll turn the briefcase into like a promotional plug for green prime flavor Send or something me like to that. Hell. Like it's fine. Like the if WWE did the stuff all the time that they were like supposed to do, 
and I don't even know why I'm using them because I actually think this, so they can go away. Like Cody Rhodes would on the belt. Like, like booking decisions are so much less about the booking now because of the way the company makes money. I'm sorry, this is boring. I know it's not what you want to hear. I love LA Knight. Who doesn't? I'm with you. Like when there's a hot wrestler, push the hot wrestler. It never gets more complicated than that for wrestling to me. But then I would never work with, you know, the Saudi Arabian Sports Authority or some of the evil billionaire networking. Or support Newcastle United. Yeah. Certainly never that, but that was pretty the awful ownership. Um, like the. <laughs> See, I supported them pretty awful ownership. It's, it's both. Yeah. Right. I've got, I've got like historic dislike. Hi. High and mighty. <laughs> Very good. High and horse. Historic dislike. Uh, don't trust the ownership. Sam Fender. Three good reasons. Um, so, yeah. He's I, new Bruce Springsteen. I just... <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I just... Um, LA Knight all day. And I don't want this trend of challenging for secondary titles to become normalised yeah. either. They've invented a toy belt that they can call the world for this specific reason. Yeah. If you don't believe your cashing guy can cash on Reigns, have him cash on Rollins. Don't start messing around with Austin Theory's United States title or something. Yeah. No. I would have him win money in the bank. I would have him hold on to the briefcase for about three or four months because I want Seth to have a good reign. And then I would have him cash in on Seth. That's what yeah. I'd do. And I think he'd have a great reign because he's extremely over. Uh, listen to his reactions. Man's undeniable. He rules. And you know what else rules is the video that's right here, right now. Check that one out. If you like this one, you're going to like that one. We do this every single day, four times some days. It's crazy. Self-esteem. Um, self-esteem. Bye.